Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the October 25th meeting of the San Francisco County Transportation Authority Board. I am Rafael Mandelman. I chair this board. Our vice chair is Aaron Peskin. Our clerk is Elijah Saunders. Mr. Clerk, will you please call the roll? Commissioner Chan? Present. Chan present. Commissioner Dorsey? Dorsey excused. Commissioner Chair Mandelman? Uh, present. Mandelman present. Commissioner Marr? Mar present. Commissioner Melgar? Melgar present. Commissioner Peskin? Present. Peskin present. Commissioner Preston? Preston present. Commissioner Ronan? Present. Ronan present. Commissioner Safai? Safai. Present. Oh. Online. Present. Excuse me. Safai present. Commissioner Stephanie? Stephanie absent. Commissioner Sam Walton? Present. Walton present. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Um, I am going to be excusing Commissioners Stephanie and Dorsey from today's meeting who reached out to me and asked to be excused. Um, and I believe you have a public comment announcement. I do. For members of the public interested in participating in this board meeting, we welcome your attendance here in person in the Legislative Chamber, Room 250 in City Hall, or you may watch Cable Channel 26 or 99, depending on your provider, or stream the meeting live at www.sfgovtv.org. For those wishing to make public comment remotely, the best way to do so is by dialing 415-655-0001 and when prompted, entering access code 2498-795-0277 and then press pound and pound again. You'll be able to listen to the meeting in real time. When public comment is called for the item you wish to speak on, press star three to be added to the queue to speak. Do not press star three again or you'll be removed from the queue. When the system says your line is unmuted, the live operator will advise that you will be allowed two minutes to speak when your two minutes are up, we will move on to the next caller. Calls will be taken in the order in which they are received. Best practices are to speak slowly, clearly, and turn down the volume of any televisions or radios around you. Public comment for items on this agenda will be taken first from members of the public in attendance in the legislative chamber, and then afterwards from the remote speaker's queue on the telephone line. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Clerk. Before calling the next item, as chair, I am invoking Rule 3.26 from the Rules of Order to limit total public comment to 30 minutes per item for today's meeting. Um, please call our next item. Item two, chair's report. This is an information item. So colleagues, I am pleased to announce that the Transportation Authority has received an award for excellence in financial reporting from the Government Finance Officers Association, GFOA, of the US and Canada. The Certificate of Achievement for Excellence in Financial Reporting has been awarded to our agency for the fifth consecutive year for the Transportation Authority's Comprehensive Annual Financial Report for Fiscal Year 2020-2021. This is the highest form of recognition in the area of governmental accounting and financial reporting, representing a significant accomplishment by a government and its management. Congratulations to Deputy Director Cynthia Fong, Management Analyst Lily Yu, and the rest of the Finance Division staff. And thank you, of course, to the GFOA for this award, which highlights the Transportation Authority's ongoing commitment to transparency and accountability. Um, next, it's finally happening. The, M the SFMTA announced that it will open the long-awaited Central Subway Project on November 19th, and community celebrations have begun. On behalf of the Transportation Authority, I want to convey our congratulations to the SFMTA organization, including Board Chair Gwyneth Borden, Director of Transportation Jeffrey Tumlin, and Director of Transit Julie Kirschbaum, but really we want to congratulate the Chinatown community that advocated for this project for so long and especially um, the late Rose Pack 
for whom uh, the new Chinatown station is named. Speaker Pelosi provided unwavering support for the project, as did Mayors Agnos, Jordan, Brown, Newsom, Lee, and Breed. The building and construction trades, as well as operating engineers and countless others, also deserve our thanks um, for their work on this uh, complex project. Um, and finally, I want to thank uh, and congratulate members of this board and staff, past and present, for their leadership, especially our Vice Chair and District 3 Commissioner Aaron Peskin, um, our firm, former and current Executive Directors Jose Luis Muscovich and Tilly Chang, and the agency's funding staff, led by Anna Lafort and Maria Lombardo. Um, the Transportation Authority provided $173 million for Central Subway in sales tax and other funds, and this along with $25 million in sales tax contributions to Phase 1, the 3rd Street Lightwell project comprised the bulk of local match for the $1 billion in federal funds provided by the Federal Transit Administration's New Starts program. And speaking of the New Starts program, this week the Metropolitan Transportation Commission will take endorsement actions for major transportation capital projects around the region, including on the Transbay Joint Powers Authority's Downtown Rail Extension Project, or DTX, which is currently in the process of seeking a multi-billion dollar federal New Starts grant. As with the Central Subway, this grant requires local matching funds, which are included in the Proposition L expenditure plan that voters are considering even as we speak. Um, we're working to secure MTC's endorsement of DTX for $560 million in state funds through a multi-year commitment to enable the Transbay Joint Powers Authority to count these among capital matching funds when they apply for the New Starts grant next year. Thank you to Mayor Breed, who joined me in sending a letter to MTC leadership seeking this action. And thank you to Commissioner Ronan for your advocacy on the MTC on behalf of DTX and San Francisco's other priorities. And with that, I will conclude my remarks. And is there anyone in the chamber who would like to make public comment on the chair's report? I don't see anyone. Could we see if we have any remote public comment on item two? Checking if there is public comment on item two. No public comment for item two. Fantastic. Public comment on item two is closed. Mr. Clerk, please call item three. Item three, executive director's report. This is an information item. Tilly Chang. Good, good morning, Chair Mandelman and Commissioners. I'm pleased to give you this month's report. First, at the federal level, we were pleased to join with Commissioner Preston's office to apply for a U.S. Department of Transportation Reconnecting Communities grant. So the 2021 uh, bipartisan infrastructure law established a new Reconnecting Communities pilot discretionary grant program funded with $1 billion over the next five years. And this is the first ever federal program dedicated to reconnecting communities that were previously harmed by uh, in the past. So again, uh, we were pleased to submit a $2.5 million grant application for the Fillmore slash Geary underpass community planning study. Now this one mile stretch of Geary, which we all are familiar with, between Goff uh, and Divisadero was con uh, from Goff to Divisadero was constructed in 1961 as a quote, urban renewal expressway, which widened Gary Boulevard, displaced black, Asian, and Jewish communities, and created a division uh, between the Japantown and Fillmore neighborhoods. 
the study uh, would reimagine how this space would be redesigned to reconnect the Western Edition and Japantown communities through transportation uh, improvements uh, and potentially urban design and land use changes. Uh, this was also based on public input that we received during the Connect SF uh, Streets and Freeway study to identify this potential project. So. We're very excited to potentially win this grant. We won't know until next year, um, but if we are successful, we will be collaborating together with not only a, a host of community groups in the area, but also the transportation, excuse me, the SFMTA, Municipal Transportation Agency and Planning Department. So thank you for that. Uh, initial step. And then next I wanted to mention that SFMTA has been recommended to receive um, a $12.325 million state active transportation program grant for the Bayview Multimodal Community Corridor to improve pedestrian safety and access to destinations on and immediately east of 3rd Street. Uh, the project stems from a robust community-based planning process uh, in where the community identified and prioritized these improvements to bring safety and accessibility benefits to an equity priority community in that area. Uh, specifically, the project includes traffic calming as well as enhancements to the African-American Arts and Cultural District with pedestrian-friendly spaces for gathering and unique street markings. It also includes education programs to support the community's understanding of and ability to take advantage of the project's um, features. Now this large ATP grant was possible in part be, uh, based on the unprecedented amount of funds that the state was able to direct to the uh, active transportation program from uh, the state budget surplus. Um, so we're really pleased and Howard Street was also submitted but just missed by uh, just a, a small margin. So that uh, project continues to be on our radar. The MTC is anticipated to share the recommendations for its $55 million regional ATP round in January of 2023. So perhaps that's where, again, we can submit, uh, along with MTA, the Howard Project. Next, Ocean Avenue, um, we have the Mobility Action Plan that continues to uh, meet and gather input from the community. This was requested by Commissioner Melgar together with Commissioner Safai, um, and there's a working group that has been meeting several times. Now they are prioritizing um, a slew of transportation concepts that were emerged from the outreach round, including uh, pedestrian safety, bicycle safety, traffic circulation, uh, improvements on and around Ocean Avenue between Unibrosera Boulevard and San Jose Avenue. Uh, the project team, we are seeking input from the public to again prioritize the relative importance of concepts uh, that were identified in the previous round. Uh, folks can take a survey at sfcta.org slash Ocean Avenue survey through October 28th. And then the project uh, the task force will review the different concepts and consider how to, again, prioritize these into two larger projects and then uh, three smaller projects to be featured in the final report. There are actually many more projects than that, but those five will get more, um, I think, detail and an implementation strategy. So very excited to continue working on that. Next, we were pleased to join this month um, at the request of Commissioner Chan, the uh, San Francisco Board of Supervisors GAO Committee Government Audit and Oversight Committee held a hearing on the MTA's um, taxi upfront fare program and third-party dispatch pilot. Um, the hearing did focus on the uh, question of the third-party dispatch element in which taxis would be able to be hailed through the Uber app. 
um, and the questions uh, related to potential impacts, including data transparency, the Prop D um, revenues that we do collect, the congestion mitigation tax uh, that is assessed on each ride hail trip that originates within San Francisco, you know, whether these taxi trips would or would not be subject to that, and the potential um, confusion or undermining of SFMTA's taxi meter rate setting authority. Uh, TA Deputy Director um, Joe Castiglione mentioned that there would be a real uh, need to have data for evaluation of these questions, as well as to assess the changes potentially in the number of taxi trips um, and benefits to riders as far as the level of service for taxi users, uh, as well as driver fare income, which is one of the stated goals of the uh, of the pilot program. Ultimately, the committee voted to continue the resolution and we'll be happy to keep you posted on this and any other um, ride hail uh, issues at the state level. Uh, next, I'll just note that there has been some good progress in terms of quick build projects in the Bayview and the SOMA. MTA um, on Evans Avenue began construction of a westbound protected bikeway, lane reduction, pedestrian crossing improvements, daylighting, and transit stop enhancements this past uh, August, and this will really benefit uh, a lot of the folks in the area. Of course, they just celebrated the Southeast Community Facility Center, so congratulations to the SFPUC and Southeast Community Facility Commission on, on that wonderful event this past weekend. And then SFMTA also expects um, or has been working on the Sansom slash battery project. Uh, this quick build will construct a two-way protected bikeway, lane reductions, turn restrictions, curb management, advanced limit lines, daylighting, and continental crosswalks. Uh, so that Sansom battery project is expected to be completed by the end of 2022. Finally, under management updates, I am very delighted to announce that we have found our new Deputy Director for Capital Projects, and he is Carl Holmes, who has joined us today. Carl, do you want to stand up and say hello? So Carl joins us from BART, where he was an Assistant General Manager for Planning, Design, and Construction uh, for the past seven years. Um, while at BART, Carl led a multi-billion dollar capital portfolio, uh, which includes all of the projects that we've been collaborating with BART on over the past several years. Um, and then he also has managed over 100 employees in his role across several departments, including project management, planning, BART extensions, property development, and uh, energy and sustainability. Prior to joining BART, Carl worked for a contractor and a startup uh, construction management firm, including here in San Francisco in the Mission Bay area. He's act an active member of the Construction Management Association of America and is chair of the owners committee of the Northern California chapter of that organization. Uh, Carl is also president-elect of the alumni board of the California Maritime Academy, one of his alma maters, in addition to UC Berkeley. So welcome aboard, Carl. With that, I am pleased to take any questions. Uh, Commissioner Preston. Thank you, uh, Chair Mandelman. I, I really just, I, I wanted to thank um, the TA uh, for all the work together on the, on the uh, Geary Fillmore underpass um, proposal to Secretary Buttigieg and, and we're excited. I think we turned that around by government standards uh, very quickly, uh, all uh, racing to get that in by the deadline. Um, and it's, um, as Director Chang point, pointed out, the history on it, I think, you know, in my district, it is one of the most 
visible and extreme uh, legacies of um, urban renewal and, and redevelopment era uh, displacement and bad urban planning. And I think we're all familiar with it, either from being on a bus or driving it or walking across the overpass. But I, I will just say it's like a daily reminder for the communities of Japantown and the Fillmore of um, when government goes wrong and uh, divides communities uh, through infrastructure, how that plays out. So I, I, I hope the federal government uh, views it the way we do as worthy of, of this planning uh, process. I want to also really thank and, and recognize a lot of the community groups in Japantown and Fillmore who, again, very quickly indicated their interest in our office uh, supporting this effort. And I also want to say for the folks who are hearing about this for the first time, there's been talk about this over many, many years um, by, by many of my predecessors, hearings, presentations. It's always sort of in the back of folks' minds. I'm excited to move this to the phase of actually having a planning process and really doing a study, which is what this would fund, um, but also want uh, for those who, who haven't been part of those discussions to date to know that there is not some grand plan for this that, uh, that, that exists, um, that the purpose of this grant is to fund the uh, community-based uh, planning process uh, and that no decisions have been made on on where that leads or how any changes uh, would be funded. But this is the first step um, and I'm, I'm very hopeful and excited by it and uh, appreciate all the TA's work in getting this together. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner Preston. Um, thank you, Director Chang. And let, let's open this up to public comment and I don't see any in the chamber, so let's see if we have any remote public comment. Checking for public comment on item three. There was one caller for item three. Thank you, caller. Um, hello, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Good morning, Commissioners. Uh, Roland Rembrandt, San Jose. Um, I would like to join Director Chang in uh, welcoming Mr. Holmes uh, to the uh, DTX party. Um, I believe that history will remember Mr. Holmes' appointment as the Deputy Director of Capital Projects as a pivotal moment in the integration and successful delivery of the PAX, the DTX, and the next Trans Bay Crossing. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no more public comment for item three. Um, and, and with those kind and exciting words, we will close public comment and look forward to Mr. Holmes' uh, transformative impact in, in San Francisco um, and the Bay Area. Uh, Mr. Clerk, could you please call item four? Item four, approve the minutes of the October 18th, 2022 meeting. This is an action item. Moved by Peskin. Is there a second? Seconded by Walton. Let's open this to public comment. Don't see anyone in the chamber. Let's see if there's any remote public comment. Checking for public comment on item four. No public comment for item four. All right, uh, public comment on item four is closed. Mr. Clark, please call the roll. Uh, Commissioner Chen. Aye. Chen, aye. Uh, Chair Manman. Aye. Manman, aye. Commissioner Mar. All right, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. 
Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Aye. Safai, aye. And Commissioner Walton? Walton, aye. There are nine ayes. The motion is approved. All right. Thank you. Um, please call the consent agenda, items five through seven. Items five through seven comprise the consent agenda. Staff is not planning to present on these items, but is available for questions. Uh, is there a motion to approve the consent agenda? Moved by Peskin. Is there a second? Seconded by Melgar. Mr. Clerk, please call the roll. Commissioner Chen? Aye. Chen, aye. Chen Mandelman? Aye. Mandelman, aye. Commissioner Mar? Aye. Mar, aye. Commissioner Melgar? Aye. Melgar, aye. Commissioner Peskin? Aye. Peskin, aye. Commissioner Preston? Aye. Preston, aye. Commissioner Ronan? Aye. Ronan, aye. Commissioner Safai? Commissioner Safai? Safai absent. Commissioner Walton? Aye. Walton, aye. There are eight ayes. The consent agenda is approved. Thank you. Aye. Oh, looks like we picked up a. Aye. aye. There, are, there are nine ayes. The consent agenda is approved. Uh, okay. Did you did you get me? We got you, Asha. We got you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kept saying it. I don't know what happened. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thank you. Um, uh, with that, Mr. Saunders, please call item eight. Item eight: SF School Access Plan Update. This is an information item. And I think we have David Long presenting. You do. Uh, Angela, our slide shared. All right. I think I'm sharing my slides. Uh, thank you, Chair, and good morning, Commissioners. I'm David Long, Transportation Planner, presenting on the School Access Plan. Next slide. So here's our agenda for today. Uh, the School Access Plan is supported by Caltrans Planning Grant and funds from Commissioner Mars District 4 office. I'll start by discussing study goals, then give you an mm -hmm. overview of our outreach approach before discussing findings from our first round of, from our first round of engagement. Those findings inform the development of draft strategies, which I'll walk through before sharing next steps. Next slide. These are our three study goals. Uh, the first is to improve the quality and availability of transportation options to school and after school activities, especially for vulnerable caregivers and students. The second is to ensure that school related transportation options are safe. And finally, we're hoping to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, localized congestion, and air pollution around school sites. Specifically, we're focusing on K through five students in SFUSD schools who need to take medium and long distance trips. In other words, we're looking to complement all the great work that our city's Safe Routes to Schools program does by identifying strategies to improve the school commute for caregivers and students who live far from school. Next slide. We were able to partner with the Department of Children, Youth, and their families on some early outreach to youth in the pandemic. In 2021, uh, DCYF's Community Hubs Initiative established learning areas for students who needed them. And we designed an art-based activity to visit those hubs around San Francisco and ask young people between the ages of 6 and 12 how they would like to get around. A few key themes emerged from their answers, which I'll touch on throughout the presentation. The drawings that you'll see in this presentation were also all created by students at these events. Next slide. 
As San Francisco schools returned to in-person learning, we began outreach to caregivers, starting with a series of focus groups where we gathered information about the challenges of the school commute. Findings from those focus groups, which I'll cover shortly, inform the development of draft strategies. Our current round of outreach includes workshops, a survey, and pop-up events to gather feedback about those draft strategies as we work toward recommendations. Next slide. We're recruiting outreach participants from a wide range of SFUSD-affiliated groups and parent advisory councils with a focus on English language learners. Next slide. <coughs> and we supplemented that with direct outreach to some community-based organizations which serve specific groups whose voices we wanted to make sure were included. Next slide. We've distributed our survey through similar channels, but are also using citywide lists, such as SFUSD's newsletter, which goes out to all SFUSD families. I've included the survey URL on this slide so that any caregivers in San Francisco with young children who are watching can provide your perspective. For anybody who's listening in, that URL is sfcta.org slash school survey. Once more, that's sfcta.org slash school survey. The study team is also working with Commissioner Marr's office to host a virtual community meeting on October 27th, that's this Thursday, where we'll share information about our draft strategies. And to register for that meeting, you can uh, go to sfcta.org slash school access meeting. Next slide. Okay, so overall, focus groups confirmed quite a bit of our previous knowledge, but added some emphasis to a few places. When looking specifically at pain points, one piece of emphasis caregivers shared was lack of personal safety they felt riding the public bus. Caregivers also noted that having children at multiple schools created very challenging coordination issues and could result in idling time for students at school or caregivers doing pickup. Caregivers also discussed distrust with government. They're frustrated with long project timelines and poor communication. Rebuilding trust could be important to successfully implementing some of these strategies and the other side of that coin, successfully implementing some strategies is a good way to rebuild trust. Caregivers reaffirmed some well-known challenges to riding the public bus, including long trips and transfers. And caregivers who drove also cited traffic as a challenge. Now, interestingly, cost did not feature prominently in focus group conversations, but some caregivers did mention expensive fares as a barrier to taking Muni. The project team feel that we need to gather a bit more information to really understand the role that cost plays for caregivers in the school commute, and we're doing that through our current round of outreach. Next slide. Let's turn to ideas for solutions. Perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, caregivers are most interested in yellow school bus service. If we look at characteristics of solutions that caregivers want, flexibility appears important. This could mean flexibility in pickup or drop-off locations or in timing. When asked, caregivers did share that aftercare options could ease some time constraints if it allowed them more flexibility around pickup timing. In the SFCTA's 2016 Child Transportation Survey, around half of caregivers said that they would carpool given the right circumstances. There is still some openness to carpool solutions in our focus groups, but caregivers are now considering COVID as one reason that carpool solutions might not work. Interestingly, this seemed to have less to do with concerns about virus transmission and more to do with the fact that caregivers have less strong relationships with other parents emerging from the pandemic. Next slide. 
So we divided our draft strategies into six categories. These strategies are focused on improving transportation options, then on personal safety, infrastructure safety, communication and information, reducing costs for caregivers, and finally, strategies specific for foster and homeless youth. Next slide. First are strategies which are focused on new or improved transportation options. So starting with traditional yellow school buses. Uh, the school access plan is focused on strategies that the city could pursue to support school access other than yellow school buses, but they're clearly an important part of the school transportation system, and we're working with SFUSD's transportation department to develop some high-level scenarios and cost estimates for service expansion. Next, we have microtransit shuttles, which were explored in the SFCTA's 2016 work. Shuttles could be provided either by a private company or through a model such as Bayview Moves, where community-based organizations pool resources to provide shared transportation. Next, the city could take a role in carpool coordination, either through promoting an existing third-party service or through a heavier-touch model where agency staff take an active role in coordinating rides. The next draft strategy that the city could pursue would be to establish a lending library for electric bikes. The SFCTA's 2016 Child Transportation Survey found that caregivers who biked had a really high satisfaction rate with their school commute. Caregivers in our focus groups expressed a lot of hesitation about biking, but some of their concerns, including steep hills, children who are too young to operate a bicycle, and long distances, could be overcome with multi-passenger electric bicycles. And so far, caregivers in our workshops have shared that increasing access to e-bikes could be helpful. Finally, there's the idea that I mentioned earlier of expanding before and after care programs to increase flexibility for caregivers. Next slide. Next, we have strategies focused on personal safety. There we go. Next, we have strategies focused on personal safety. These strategies were developed in response to our focus group finding that personal safety is a point of emphasis both for caregivers and the students who we spoke with early in our outreach. The first idea is to implement transit trainings or education programs. This could look like transit-focused field trips, where one purpose of the trip is to teach youngsters about transit safety and help everyone feel comfortable in that environment. The city could also promote bystander trainings focused on preparing caregivers for situations which could feel unsafe. Another idea is to make, a slight, is to make slight adjustments to Muni's existing MTAP or Muni Transit Assistance Program. Next slide. The next category of strategies is focused on infrastructure safety. So we're working closely with SFMTA's Safe Routes to Schools and Schools Engineering Groups to develop any recommendations about how to keep students safe from drivers at school sites. Besides supporting the SFMTA's existing schools engineering programs, the city could also offer best practices guidance for school administrators about transportation infrastructure which they manage. For example, color curbs are handled on a request basis, and pickup and drop-off policies and norms are also left to school sites. Next slide. The next set of strategies is focused more on communication between caregivers, the city, and school officials. Some options include hiring or designating transportation coordinators who provide uh, information about transportation options and programs and serve as liaisons between caregivers, schools, and transportation operators. Another option would be to create a standing advisory committee or forum which allows caregivers to provide ongoing feedback to city and school officials about transportation issues. Next slide. 
The next category of strategies involves reducing costs for caregivers. So recommending any of these strategies would be predicated on the study team developing a better understanding of how cost pressures are experienced by caregivers. However, it would be good to understand whether there are opportunities to increase the reach or awareness of discounted fare programs. Another idea that grew out of the Peer City Review would be to provide stipends for families for transportation. Next slide. The final cat so the final category of strategies are specific to foster and homeless youth. The study team is working with SFUSD's Foster Youth Services Coordinating Office to develop recommendations specific to these populations. The first strategy here focuses on allowing SFUSD employees to provide school of origin transportation. The second would be to break down bureaucratic hurdles that prevent SFUSD staff from purchasing youth rate clipper cards for foster and homeless youth. Finally, we're considering a recommendation to establish a forum for coordination between neighboring school districts and child welfare departments because many school trips for these populations are made across county lines. Next slide. Looking forward to next steps, we're currently collecting information through our second round of outreach. We will use this information that we gather to refine and evaluate draft strategies, then develop funding and implementation plans for promising strategies, culminating in a final report in the spring of 2023, which we'll bring back to you all for consideration. Next slide. That concludes my presentation. Thank you for listening. Staff is available for, to answer questions, and I am done sharing slides. Um, thank you for your presentation. Uh, Commissioner Chan, would you mind if Commissioner Marr goes ahead? Thank you. Thanks, Chair Mandelman, and thank you, uh, David Long, um, uh, Director Chang, and, and all the SFCTA staff for um, all your work on this important um, project. And I'm, I guess, I, I just, colleagues, I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I'm really thrilled that we're, we're finally at the point where, we, where the TA staff can share an update on this critical initiative. Um, it's kind of midway in the project, and it, so this, I felt like this is a good time to get a, a brief update for, for the TA and the public on this work. Um, and while it isn't done yet, um, the school access plan has been um, a long time in, in the works, and this really started um, um, when Supervisor Tang, my predecessor, first began looking at the challenge of school transportation um, after a, a reduction in, in yellow school buses following the 2008 recession. Um, and, and that's an effort that I know Supervisor Kim um, in her time on the board sort of um, carried on. And then my office took, took it on um, um, in, beginning in 2019 um, when we commissioned this comprehensive citywide plan um, amidst a pandemic, expand, expand, expanding the scope through state grant support new transportation models and new approaches to, to the school assignment prop policies. Um, this plan has been years in the making. Um, I also did wanna say that I'm, I'm really excited about the breadth of solutions under consideration and the equity focused outreach and the collaboration that's happened between our office, the state, SFCTA, SFUSD, SFMTA, and, and public school families that has really brought us here today Providing sustainable, accessible, and convenient transportation for students and caregivers is critical for addressing a whole host of challenges, including our climate action targets, transit-first policies, and our commitment to do right by kids and parents. Getting to school should never be a barrier to going to school. 
as a public school parent myself, and, and commissioners, I know many of you are as well, and really all of us know that our families face real challenges here, challenges that are proven by the data showing the vast majority of public school kids being driven to school. Um, and it doesn't have to be that way. The problems we must the problems we must solve to shift this are real and complex and I think solvable. And I, I initiated this plan in a sincere effort at solving them. So I look forward to um, the second, um, second round of, of outreach and the work to come ahead of the final report that'll be um, presented next spring, um, which really will only kick off our work to turn the school access plan into action. And um, if any members of the press are interested in further discussion about this, uh, we'll be hosting a press briefing in room 278 after today's TA meeting um, at 12.30 p.m. And um, again, I just wanted to um, remind the public and, and commissioners as well that we're going to, I'm working with the TA and SFUSD to, to host a virtual community meeting on the, the um, school access plan this Thursday, October 27th from 6 to 7 p.m. And then there's also the online survey for, for parents and caregivers that we're still seeking um, input on um, through the end of the month, through Monday. So if you can help push that information out, we'd appreciate it. Um, and you know, this, this, finally, I just want to say this plan is built on the input of the public. And, um, and we really sincerely you know, want and need um, your voices to be heard. Um, so um, again, thanks, thanks for the opportunity to, to be able to share an update on this important work. Um, thank you, Commissioner Marr, and thank you, Commissioner Chan, for allowing him to go ahead, and Commissioner Chan. Thank you, Chair um, Mandelman. I, I just want to give a couple feedback. I, I would really like to see, you know, as you, you know, uh, conduct outreach and proceed with this plan and study that you would also add um, outreach to parents with disabilities or guardians with disabilities. I think that while the youth definitely feedback is critical, but at times I think um, it is also the guardians and parents with disabilities that may limit their option. Um, so I would love to see that. I would also love to see, you know, in terms of strategies and when you start thinking about and studying the transportation options, that I would love to see a reference to do two critical data points, and one is the SFMTA equity strategy. I believe the last time they updated was 2018, but I think that when we consider transportation options and the limitations of transportation that the parents and or families have uh, to transport their students around town, that we, we really need to look at uh, SFMTA uh, as a whole and what are the lack of transportation option um, currently exist so that so that we actually bridge the gap um, and then I think the third data point that I would like to see that we make reference of is actually a mapping of school assignments from SFUSD and just have a better understanding of really within the data provided by SFUSD that we can actually understand you know the breakdown of exactly how many parents uh, living, you know, just mapping out how far are they from, you know, is it within one mile or five mile range of the school assigned and multiple children, um, if they have multiple kids, you know, to different schools and what does that look like? So just would like to see a little bit more data driven um, with your transportation options and, and strategies. I, I personally think that, you know, with that also is to obviously look forward to seeing your plan breakdown 
and I think you already talked about that in your goals with long distance and then versus short distance. And I would think that there actually are different transportation strategies. If a family live walking distance of 15 minutes, how do we encourage them to have walking bus, you know, biking? And I think that in those options, probably the e-bike lending library makes sense. But if a family live long distance, which means, you know, way beyond a one mile uh, of distance, then then what do, what is it that we do for them in in terms of transportation options? So, thank you and thank you for the study and thank you, Commissioner Marr, for initiated this. It's very critical. Commissioner Melgar. Uh, thank you, Chair Mandelman, and thank you, Commissioner Marr, uh, for this. Uh, thank you for the thorough presentation and the good ideas. Um, you know, I'm a big proponent in uh, expanding what works already. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, what I've been seeing is um, that during this pandemic, we have uh, seen a lack of service, just basic service um, that families had relied on. Uh, in 1983, uh, the SFUSD entered into an agreement with um, the Department of Education to, um, you know, help its segregation uh, desegregation efforts, um, and Muni uh, was part of that, along with busing. Um, and I'm really worried, and I know uh, Supervisor uh, Commissioner Ronan is as well, uh, that we are seeing a, a, a just real lack of um, the school trippers services that uh, Muni had, particularly east-west. So kids coming from the Mission, from the Bayview to Lowell, Lincoln, some of the um, high schools that are on the west side that are good public schools. And I do believe that that's a real, like we're risking that um, agreement that we have with the Department of Education. Uh, and so I, uh, I'm wondering how we put that in here, <laughs> just like doing more of what we already know works. Because what we're hearing is a lot of kids just get left because the bus is too full. There's not enough buses during those school tripper hours. And now that the SFUSD has changed the you know times that it starts, it's competing with commuters going to work. And so uh, that is like a really fundamental thing that works that I think that we need to be doing uh, more of. Um, the other thing that I was hoping that um, we uh, would touch upon is the after-school uh, uh, transportation. And again, we did have something that worked, again, in Supervisor Commissioner Ronan's uh, district. There used to be a, a van collaborative that um, DCYF used to fund, um, and different after-school providers would share that transportation and was you know, funded by the city to take kids from after school uh, when they lived, uh, you know, farther out. Like, you know, if they went to school at Lincoln and, you know, lived in the Bayview and wanted to do sports or after school activities, you know, there, there would be some transportation. But I didn't quite see that in the presentation of whether we were exploring those kinds of um, interagency collaborations. And I think that that would be really helpful. All right. Thank you, Commissioner Melgar. Um, and with that, let's open this item to public comment. Is there public comment in the chamber? I don't see it. Um, let's see if we have remote public comment. Looking for public comment for item eight. There's one public comment. Public caller, your two minutes begins now. Hi, how you doing? Um, good morning, Chair Mandelman and commissioners. 
my name is Vernon Haney, and uh, I work for Walk San Francisco in the SSA Frosty School Partnership as a community engagement team member for the past four years um, in the Safe, Safe Frosty School Program. And we encourage families to get to school using our four fun ways, which are walking, biking, taking transit, and carpooling. Um, and today I'm here to express how important it is for schools um, in San Francisco to have the safest infrastructure possible, um, like the school access plan, focus groups gathered um, in the field. I hear from families in schools all the time that one of the biggest barriers to students walking and biking to school is that they don't feel safe. And as a city, we need to do better prioritizing and resourcing basic safe streets infrastructure that encourages families and students to walk and bike to school. Um, I feel like most of my priority schools are based in the Bayview neighborhood. And in 2019, the SFMTA laid a safety walk at Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School. And out of this assessment, there were an apparent need for highly visible crosswalks, um, a stop sign, and daylighting at the intersection of Bacon and Brussels Street. And it's been three years, and the school has only gotten um, a painted crosswalk. They're still waiting for stop signs and daylighting. And this school community is concerned for the health and safety of the students and is participating in SFMTA's processes and is frustrated by the time it takes for simple basic safety improvements to be realized. Um, this isn't the only school where this has happened. The SFMTA school engineering program, it just isn't enough to meet the demand of safety improvements around the schools. And this program needs additional resources. The safety and well-being of our students getting to and from school should be um, a top priority for the city. And we're hopefully the school, uh, hopeful that the school access plan identifies not only funding for these recommendations in the plan, recommendations in the plan, but also can find solutions to getting safety improvements more quickly for schools requesting. Thank you. Thank you, caller. There is no additional public comment for uh, item eight. Great. Um, public comment on item eight is closed. Um, thanks again uh, to uh, David Long um, and Commissioner Marr. And uh, Mr. Clerk, please call our next item. Item nine, introduction of new items. This is an information item. Seeing anything, so let's call item 10. Item 10, public comment. Is there any public comment in the chamber? Nope. Uh, let's see if we have remote public comment. I'm checking for public comment for item 10. We have one public comment for item 10. Thank you, caller. Your two minutes begins now. Hello again, uh, Commissioners Roland Brown, San Jose. Um, I'd like to offer a couple of uh, comments to inform um, the discussion on MTC's major uh, project advancement uh, policy tomorrow morning. Uh, the first point is that everybody needs to remember that the push for Caltrain electrification was initiated in San Francisco over 10 years ago, specifically to enable access to the Salesforce Transit Center via the DTX tunnel. The second point is that the DTX project is critical to the survival of Caltrain because there is currently no other planned capital project capable of reversing Caltrain's disastrous drop in ridership. Now, having said all this, and there is a slide on page nine of the report, 
that shows a new cost estimate for the DTX of $6.5 billion, with a funding gap of $4.2 billion. In closing, I hope that Mr. Jones will bring some sanity back to the table and deliver both the PEX and the DTX for half of the TJPA, TJPA's cost estimates. Thank you. Thank you, caller. comment? There's no more public comment right. for item uh, 10. Thank public you. Public comment on item 10 is closed. Mr. Clerk, please call item 11. We did receive one public comment that's been posted to our website. Uh, item 11, adjournment. All right, we are adjourned. <laughs>